We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Uncontested Post Game Show, part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network and DailyThunder.com. I'm your host for the night, JD Silva, here to discuss the Thunder's 110 to 108 loss to the Miami Heat. The Silva curse lives on. Before I get started and introduce my co host, be sure to subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a five star rating if you haven't done so already. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and TikTok. Taylor, how's it going? <clears throat> Feels good. Feels good to hear. <laughs> oh boy, fun one to talk about tonight, at least. Even if it was I was going to say, so I, I gave you a little bit of a hard time in the first half. Um, you <laughs> it was know, because bad. it was not looking good, as we will absolutely get into. But it ended up being a very fun game. Very fun game. Um, and even though the Thunder got the L, still a lot of fun stuff to talk about, Silva. So I'm excited yeah. to join you here and, and break down a fun one. Uh, let's go through the starting lineup for the for tonight. A uh, different one than we've seen so far. It was uh, SGA, Dort, Giddy, J Dub. It's all sounded good, and then Darius Baisley in at the in at the five. Uh, <laughs> that was a little uh, bit of a surprise. It was uh, no Jimmy Butler for the Heat tonight. So you come in thinking, oh, this is a winnable game, and uh, then the first quarter happened. We'll get to that uh, here in just a second. Uh, some big takeaways right out of the gate. I think some questions are starting to be answered about the SGA Giddy duo. Feeling better about it. Another big takeaway. I really like Jalen Williams, J-Dub, running the bench unit. I think it looks really good. And my final takeaway. We're starting to see a whole hell of a lot more of Isaiah Joe and a little bit less and less of Trey Mann. Really curious to see where that trend goes. Uh, Let's break this game down step by step really quickly, and then we'll get into our personal analysis. So uh, right out of the gate, Offense looked easy for OKC. Uh, it also looked way too easy for the Heat. Uh, they uh, first quarter ends thirty-one to thirty-one. Uh, I have a note in here: Who the hell is Haywood Highsmith? Uh, I, looking, I couldn't tell you. To I don't be know. Completely honest. I don't know. Uh, SJ and Giddy looking really good. The two-man game. Uh, quarter two rolls around, and all hell breaks loose for the Heat. They uh, 
At this point in the game are 10 of 18 on threes. The Thunder are 2 of 4 on threes. That trend will continue because the second quarter starts. The Heat go on a 17 to 2 run. Uh, at that point, I'm realizing that the Silva curse is alive and well. Uh, Tyler Hero tallies 20 points in the first quarter and a half. Uh, Oladipo hits a step back three, and I know things are looking really bad. It makes me think of this sounder. And that dude put a sock in my mouth tonight. Great for him. <laughs> Shout out to Jake. Incredible. <laughs> uh, the Heat played zone defense, and it just like ruined everything the Thunder were trying to do. Their offense looked really bad. Uh, at the half, the Heat had hit 16 out of 29 threes. Um, Insane. Uh, yeah. Silva, I I was listening to the the broadcast. I know uh, I know. sometimes you're listening to the, like, uh, for example, the Mavericks game. You were saying you were listening to the, uh, oh, wait, sorry. No, that was, anyways, that was Nick. Uh, but regardless, apparently that was a season high for made threes and a half in the NBA this season. And of course, it happened against insane. OKC. It, it, of exactly. course exactly uh so yeah really really rough uh okay see yeah, so 16 of 29 for miami at the half from three okay see five of 14 um in the middle of this ass kicking we find out that henry cavill will not be returning as superman just wanted to write that down uh, <laughs> uh somehow uh at the start of the third quarter okay is only that. down by 12 after being down by 20 plus uh in the second uh third quarter rolls around okay okay is able to storm back getting contributions from Giddy, Bays, Dort, and J-Dub alongside SGA. Quarter four rolls around. J-Dub running the second unit, unit uh, handling the ball even more than Josh Giddy at this point. Uh, Aaron Wiggins making plays. Long uh, For the majority of the fourth, Mark Dagnall sticks with the lineup of Giddy, J-Dub, Omar Rui, Wiggins, and Isaiah Joe, and it worked. Thunder were able to climb back. Uh, SGA comes in with five minutes left. The rest of the game uh, is, is super tight. With one minute left, SGA gets fouled. No call. Ends up being Miami ball. SGA sinks two free throws after that. Tie game with 25 seconds left. Hero makes an insane mid-range shot to... That was the, wild. Two, wild shot by Hero. I mean, Wiggins, uh, Wiggins was... All over I mean, He played great defense. Yeah, yeah. He and did. just a phenomenal shot by Hero. Hero just had a... Crazy had good a game. fantastic Crazy game. game. Silva, I think we have to add uh, Tyler Hero onto the uh, All NBA Thunder Killers. <laughs> we do, uh, maybe second team since this has only happened, you know, uh, once so far. But if it happens again, he probably automatically vaulted uh, vaulted up into the first team status with the likes uh, of uh, Andrew Wiggins. Gosh. Yeah, Andrew Wiggins. <laughs> Andrew Wiggins is up there. Uh, Thank you. I was trying to think of some names. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so the final possession of the game, SGA uh, catches a really tough in. So first of all, Giddy throws an inbounds pass to a streaking Lou Dort, nearly gets him with an incredible, incredible pass, but Caleb Martin breaks it up. So play resets. SGA catches the ball, gets defense from Caleb Martin and Oladipo, misses it, but Giddy picks up the offensive rebound, puts it back, gets whacked on the putback, no call, game is over. Unfortunate Brutal. ending. Do a two-point game. So now we can break into our personal analysis. Taylor, I've been talking for a while. Let's talk <laughs> about the Giddy SGA pairing and what you thought about that. So this is where it gets really, really interesting. So uh, like we could probably spend like we went to the rest of the podcast, the, the rest yeah. of the post game just on this topic. Um, and what I mean by that is there's it's such a interesting topic because there's so much to be excited about. Like, okay. So again, like you mentioned, just to, to start this off, we're going through Shay and Giddy stat line. Shay has 27, 
27 points, eight rebounds, seven assists, 10 and 20 shooting, um, six to six from the free throw line, which honestly still kind of surprised me. I mean, obviously a hundred percent from the free throw line is just fantastic. Mm-hmm. And is a theme from SGA this season, uh, a reason for his uh, ascension into superstar status, uh, but only six free throw attempts is, is shockingly low for, for yeah. Shea this season. Um, but you look at obviously Giddy 19 points, 11 rebounds, seven assists, nine of 15 shooting, which I think is the perfect balance there uh, to your point. And, and the goal attempts, uh, one of three from, from three, uh, just like Shay, just kind of funny. <laughs> and, uh, both of them played 36 minutes. And, you know, I, to that point, I, I had, like, if you go back and look at my timeline on Twitter, I, you would see some contradicting tweets about Giddy. And what I mean by that is he was so impactful in this game, both offensively and defensively. It's one of my favorite games of him, uh, from him this season. And that's the reason that Dino played him the same amount of minutes as SGA. Um, him and Shea tied for the most minutes for the entire team. But at the same time, I see Giddy having a really good game. And so I see how that took away. Um, and I hate saying it like that, right? But because like there's there's uh, some positive things to take away from this. Like obviously that the Heat are a good team. They haven't been playing great, but they're a good team. Thunder only lost by two. Um, so you could say, okay, well, uh, you know, Shea and Giddy both contributed. They both played really well together. They even fed off each other at times. There was a there was a point there in the first quarter where I, I tweeted about, uh, you know, there was a backpack possession on offense where uh, Shea uh, throws the ball to Giddy. I think Giddy cutted. Uh, Giddy got a layup. And then Giddy passes to Shea, who gets a mid-range shot. Shea goes over, daps up Giddy, uh, you know, and then spinks him on the butt. Like, they're, they're yeah. fired up. They're really, really excited about it, right? <laughs> so you're thinking, like, hell yeah, these two can coexist. Mm-hmm. And I still think they can. But my point to all this is that there's there's also, like, a, a part of me that's still a little hesitant because when I see Giddy's really good stat line, I see him play so well, I see how that took away from Shea's stat line and how he's been playing recently mm-hmm. and I understand that you can't just use like the Dallas game where he had 42 as an example but he hasn't scored under 30 uh, for example and many times tonight right and, or tonight gosh many times this season right and um and, and I think that's a good balance like it's not necessarily a bad thing that Shea doesn't hit 30 every night like this team isn't going to win if Shea doesn't mm-hmm. hit 30 you know but all of that being said um I think there's still some coexistent issues there the thunders are losing when giddy's doing more and looking great but that takes away from shay so how do you find that perfect balance is kind of what i'm getting at and i'm really yeah. curious your thoughts there as well again i i obviously don't have very concise thoughts here uh still no it's all good just kind of rambling a bit but those were kind of my thoughts as i went through the game tonight and i'm curious kind of uh, how you felt about them and their stat lines it's really it's just really hard if if Giddy cannot shoot, it is at at a certain to a certain point taken away from SGA because it's almost like okay, well if Giddy is going to be off ball, Shea's probably going to see another defender when he's driving, or if Giddy has the ball, Shea, you you just want Shea to have more shot attempts. You want Shea to have more drives. You almost feel like Shea could have had like thirty six, thirty eight tonight if he wanted to, uh, maybe more efficiently than he than he had. Um, it's it's tough with Giddy not being able to shoot, uh, and that's gonna continue being an issue. That's like the main the main problem here. Unless Giddy becomes like a catch and shoot player, um, there's we're gonna see 
problems. It's not going to mesh very well. We need some WD-40 on the cogs. Not looking great. <laughs> no, that's that's a really good point. Um, I'm totally with you on the, the shooting. But honestly, this this may be a good transition to one of your other themes. And I know we haven't gotten into the the, the game by game. You did. I guess you did a game by game break, breakdown. But um, this may be a good transition then into one of your themes uh, that I completely agree with. And that Silva, so the second unit has looked much better when J-Dub is actually the initiator on the offensive end of the floor, which, you know, kind of connecting that to your, your past theme and what you just mentioned, it almost seems to me that Giddy's looking better and like more of that. And we've seen his size, right? He's continued to grow into his size. He's being more aggressive offensively and defensively. Um, but he's almost more of like a playmaking, like a forward. Yeah. And even do a more specific, like a four. I mean, obviously you can play him one through four. Um, but because of that, like, you know, I don't know. I, I just found that, that J dub initiating the offense seemed to be a little more effective there. And I, I think we're seeing like it's not just Shea, uh, you know, when Giddy playing with Shea, it's also uh, occurring with J Dub in the lineup instead of Shea. Giddy seems to be a little more efficient as like they the playmaking forward there in the lineup. He's so, almost like a finisher. He, he's like a play finisher rather than a play creator. Even though we like see him as like a point guard, he's like finishing plays way more. And it he doesn't he can't do that much. His off the dribble game is like barrel his way into the rim, to the rim, throw like a floater or a hook shot. We're not seeing like the mid range game from him. We're not seeing much. Like J Dub can do way more off the dribble right now, uh, and maybe teams are respecting that space in the middle of the floor more, and maybe that's why the offense looks better. I don't know, but uh, J Dub is awesome. You bring up a good point. Like we we even obviously his rookie season and this season we talk a lot about Giddy's IQ. Uh, his, his vision because of that he's very good off ball um, yes he is and <laughs> not he as a catch and shoot shooter well. or coming off of screens necessarily but kind of in the you know think of like an andre robertson uh yeah looking back to the the previous iteration of the thunders where he's able to find that that off ball uh cutting to the basket and, and finding those those angles to where playmakers like shea and j-dub can find them that's where he has been coexisting with guys like Shea and J Dub so well in their first and second unit, respectively. And so I, uh, that's something I would really like to see the Thunder continue to capitalize on. But obviously, <laughs> I also understand, especially this season, like you're kind of running out of seasons to see Josh on ball. And so, you like, how, how do you find that perfect balance? Is something I continue to come back at, and, and something that you brought up here with your with your main theme, Silva. I'm with you. I think the Chet coming back not only introduces like a lob threat for Josh, which should help him a lot, but it also introduces another shooter. And I think both of those things can really help him, it's like specifically him, because he can find them when a- another player might not be able to. And that could really Fantastic change the way we point. look. That's the way we we could like change the way we look at Josh uh, in that perspective. So fantastic point yeah. especially like and sorry not to continue to harp oh, on this ahead. point yeah i think that was uh such a good point because you look at the starting lineup silva like we talked about Beasley starts right yeah and, and you just you know we're you and i both yeah uh jacob i mean the entire podcast all thunder fandom are very torn on Beasley. Mm-hmm. and again we saw the best and the worst of Beasley tonight just great defense 
defensive anticipation, um, some really good flashes on offense, but also some really bad IQ plays on offense as well. Yeah. Uh, but regardless, to your point about Chet, Baisley's more of a lob threat on offense. Yes. Uh, he's a little more of a floor spacer, if you want to call it that. So maybe it, it that kind of corresponds to Giddy having more of a, a traditional stat line that we saw from him last season, you know, flirting with the triple double, especially from Good the point in the points category. DRE's not an above the rim guy, so that would make a lot of sense. Yeah, Basley just frustrates me. Like tonight, I could just see that it takes him longer to make a decision than it does the other guys. Like he'll cast the ball and he's fine with just holding it and standing still for three to four seconds. And like that just ki- kind of kills a possession. It absolutely they, does. Thunder are all about moving around, moving around, moving around, and that that does not happen as much with Bays out there. He he did. There were times part. where even where like it, it, I just kept thinking like if this were a Ford, just in general, who uh, was was capable of attempting an outside three point shot, like mm-hmm. that shot would have already gone up in the air before the defender even reached him. Um, when I'm watching Baisley, to your point, Silva just hold the ball and wait for the defender to come up on him. And yeah, he literally waits until the defender's on him. Then he does his, you know, signature jab step, pump fake move, and tries to drive to the rim. Um, to his credit, he's athletic and strong. He's able to sometimes blow by those type defenders, um, but often way too late. And so I, I'm with you there on Baisley. Sorry, I didn't mean to uh, completely yeah, no. take us down the rabbit hole of Darius Baisley, but I, I do wonder if there's a correspondence there to your point about Chet um, and, and to why Giddy maybe had a, a better game tonight. Yeah, Giddy, to me, to address some of the comments we're getting, Giddy is, to me, like an amplifier, and he will make your team better as the team around him gets better. I'm like not that. out on Giddy. I didn't, by any means, I'm not I out on Giddy. A lot. I think it is just tough for a guy that can't like create his own shot easily to excel right now on a team that doesn't have a lot of shooting. Because the team doesn't have a lot of shooting. What did, they, what did the Thunder finish tonight from three? They were nine of 24. Uh, and so not, not only that, not I mean, and maybe even another theme. So uh, the Thunder attempted 24 three-point attempts, which is yeah. very, very low. And I, I didn't pull this up before the pod. Uh, I, I I know off the top of my head, though, that that's much lower than the league average uh, attempts from three. Do you know but how many Miami attempted? 56. 56. That is more than double yeah. what the Thunder took. The th- their made threes are the same as the Thunder's attempted oh, threes. Geez. That's absurd. That'll do it. That will do it. They won the math game, as I saw Joe Musato tweet. They won the math game. Just Hashtag terrible. math. Um, I guess we should talk. So we, we mentioned Giddy's line, 19, 11, and 7. Really good game from Giddy. Everyone, we still love Josh Giddy. Uh, we do. J-Dub, 14, 5, and 2. Looked really good. Had a hell of a time guarding so Tyler Hero. excited about J-Dub. He did. Yeah. Good point. Good yeah. point. He He... Continues to struggle some defensively. It was but just fast. Something, uh, yes, yeah, right. Good point. And and something that I thought about throughout the past week. Um, and then Jacob actually, you know, put similar thoughts into our Slack here a couple of nights ago. J Dub just has the, I mean, he's older for a rookie, but he's still a rookie, right? Like mm-hmm. he just has an ultimate frame. Seven foot yeah. two wingspan. Like this guy's going to be able to put on weight, and when he does, it's going to help him defensively. Like what he's doing as a rookie on both ends of the floor is really exciting. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it's obvious that he's going to have some struggles like he has defensively. But man, so like what we've seen from him, especially like in the second half, I feel like 
feels like he's been the catalyst the past three, four games in the second half that's kept uh, brought the Thunder back into games, much less kept them in games. And I just mm-hmm. uh, we talked about him like you know the the offense being better off uh, in the second unit when he's the initiator instead of Giddy. Like that's I really crazy thought that be Trey also. I really thought I thought this season that that would be Trey Mann. I thought yes. Trey Mann would be the guy who's like, okay, the offense is stuttering. Who's going to come save us? Who's coming in? Really thought hey, it'd be Trey Mann. Great transition yeah. to one of your points. Yes. Uh, let's talk about Isaiah Joe and Trey Mann, I guess. Trey Mann only had played five minutes tonight. Uh, not great. Not great. Still just looks like, I mean, I mean Trey Mann's big, biggest asset is hitting threes, step back threes just like generating offense quickly. And he has not been doing that. He's not, he's not the type of player that can like overperform on defense and make up for not being efficient on offense. So he's not getting minutes. And right now, Isaiah Joe is that guy. It seems like that guy. I'm, I'm like, when Isaiah Joe's out there, even if he's not hitting shots, I'm always like, I realize he is a threat. I, I, he always feels like a threat. He's always ready to pull the trigger as soon as he gets the ball even if a guy's hand is in his face. And, uh, you know, I don't know. What do you think? Do you think Isaiah Joe is going to keep getting more minutes than Trey Mann, or is this just, just like a Mark Dagnall one-night special? Do not think it's a one-night special. I, I mean, again, I, these post-game pods, we we don't come in with the, some of the research, the background that we the, – the stats that we do um, heading into the – the weekly pods and be completely honest, I probably should do more uh, heading into the weekly pods as well. Uh, my point being, I think if we do, we would see that the stats would probably favor Isaiah Joe. I can give and, you his uh, minutes right now. Uh, in this, just in December, uh, December 5th against Atlanta, 10 minutes, December 7th against Memphis, 18 minutes, and then 19 minutes, 20 minutes, 17 minutes for Isaiah yeah. Joe. So just, I mean, obviously the 27 minutes pops a little bit there. Yeah. Um, Trey man, much less. Much less. Last three games. Oh, sorry. That was Isaiah Joe. That was Isaiah Joe. Trey Mann, (laughs) five minutes tonight, 10 minutes last game. December 10th against Cleveland, eight minutes. So not getting – it's gotten 10 minutes or less three games in a row. Yeah. And Isaiah Joe's going up. That's poor, especially last season as a a rookie. You know, the one big, big knock on him from Dignall was essentially his defensive effort. Well, he's bringing that this season – uh, he's that doesn't mean he's necessarily great on defense, but he's a, at least bringing the effort uh, mm-hmm. with that increased size that he put on the offseason. I almost wonder if it, it, that obviously he had a, a, a back injury to start the season. I don't know. He did. It's either a combination and maybe it's a combination of both, like the back injury combined with uh, or back discomfort combined with the increased size just makes me wonder if he's not quite adjusted. Um his his scoring his, his hot scoring <laughs> to either his new size or maybe he's still a little sore whatever it may be it is not working and so my point to that so to, to answer your question is you have Isaiah Joe coming in showing the same effort and being able to provide the same defensive effort as uh, Trey Man but much more effic- efficient offensively it's longer it's exactly. longer than Trey right. Man too which is wild mm-hmm. and not only that the one knock against Trey Man I tweeted this out earlier but. Trey Mann cannot hit catch and shoot three point shots. No, Isaiah Joe can. Really? Yeah, and combined with that, Isaiah Joe can also not to the uh, level maybe that Trey Mann can in, in regards to creating separation, but he can knock down catch and shoot three point shots, and that is huge. Especially going back to our original point about Getty and Shea. Yeah, a valuable weapon to have out there. Valuable uh, for sure. David actually in our chat brings up a good point. Do you think Trey should go to the G League for a while? 
Oh man, like, like I don't want to like, break the man's spirit, you know, by sending him to the yes. D League at this point. Exactly, that's my thoughts as well. He's fought so hard to get these minutes. He's just not performing. I don't know. And there's going to be players like that who fall out of the rotation, and maybe they end up being fantastic players elsewhere. Yeah. Um, you know, I made the joke that Darius Baisley was only starting tonight again. Halfway joke uh, that Baisley was only starting tonight because maybe the Miami Heat were interested in him. Um, <laughs> Trey Mann could absolutely be one of those players that goes yeah. elsewhere and just absolutely flourishes. Or sophomore slump Not. adjustments. Yeah. You know, he he shows up next season or even later this season and performs really well. Um, but it's a good question, nonetheless. Maybe he could use some G League reps. I don't know. Yeah, um, I'm not Dignall. Yeah, I know. Uh, <laughs> let's run through some more uh, box scores and kind of talk about the performances uh, real quick. Lou Dort, I thought, was really good tonight and efficient. Uh, had mm-hmm. 18, 3, and 4 on 6 of 12 shooting, four, hit four threes. His threes looked good. Uh, that should have been four, four out of six threes for him. He took one at the end of a shot clock. That was kind of a hot potato ball. So it was basically a four out of six night from him from three. Uh, I have been a little frustrated with Dort at times this season because of his shot selection, but tonight was not one of those nights. Could not agree more. I seriously agree with everything, every single thing you said. 50% from the floor, uh, 6 of 12 from the floor, which means he only, uh, he was third uh, most in infield goal attempts behind Giddy and Shea. Uh, only took two more attempts than J-Dub. Another thing I love, honestly. Yeah. Like, yeah. And like you mentioned, still that 4 of 7 from 3, but technically 4 of 6. Uh, two or four from the free throw line, like just a, this is the, when we talk about balance for, for Lou Dor offensively and the role that he potentially will fit in moving forward over the next season or two with the thunder, when they're adding in players like Chet, J-Dub continues to develop. Um, you're adding another lottery pick next season. This is what we want to see from Lou. Sometimes to be completely honest, even less than 12 field goal attempts. Like I, I think there are going to be games and honestly, I hope there are games uh, in the next season or two where he's only shooting maybe four of eight, you know, or sorry, like six of eight. That's the magic uh, number, like from eight, the floor. Yeah, eight right, or nine right. attempts. <laughs> but for this team and how they're well, currently distract, it construct, yeah. I thought this was a perfect blue door offensive game. Yeah. Um, uh, moving on to another guy. Let's just give, let's throw a negative in there. We were like, <laughs> Silva. So we're, like, we're like slightly negative on Josh, but overall positive. This one's just a straight negative for me, and that's Eugene Omarui. Wasn't great. Wasn't great. Just looked confused a lot of the times. Um, back when Kendrick Perkins used to play for the Thunder, we, uh, my friends and I would call him Stone Hands because he could not ever catch inbound, like interior passes. Uh, Eugene had that kind of night tonight, just couldn't catch passes, would always bumble the ball and lose the possession. Rough showing from him. I get that he had to play for size reasons with JRE being out, but boy, not pretty. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Um, and then moving on to there another guy. I, uh, <laughs> yep, I'm back. So my uh, I was just about to hit the segue. And just <laughs> oh, Taylor's audio is gone. Are you muted? It's, it says your mic is not connected. There we go. We're back. You're back. Me? Yes. You're so, good. sorry about that. Uh, my Mac was about to die. So I plugged oh, in God. my Mac and... <laughs> On doing so, my mic got disconnected and then reconnected, and, and uh, here we are. We're back. Do you no, do I you have any agree with any thoughts on about, Eugene or Marui? Uh, agree. I, 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 that was the weird part. I could still hear you as I was going over and plugging my <laughs> Mac in. I, I, I don't know. I mean, I agree with everything you said. I just kind of refused to like put him in the negative category this season because he's a two-way player who's like yeah. had such great upside. It's just, mm-hmm. it's, I hate using this term, but it's all gravy with him. It is this season, Right. So yeah. Um, I, yeah, I, I, I think, you know, we talked about Isaiah Joe, little concern, or I shouldn't say concern. Sorry. One maybe maybe in the negative category, you mentioned the negatives, uh, only three points, uh right off a uh, zero five from the floor that's mm-hmm. not great uh no. combined with Trey man who we already talked about only two points in very very limited minutes the other one here though silva that i have and i'm curious your thoughts on this poku uh, oh. only played eight minutes after not starting with basley i'm not sure if that's more of like the coaching staff like kind of doing what a thing that we've seen right playing certain players over others in certain games like for example wiggins got more minutes this game when he's had dmps consecutive games throughout the season but not because of his play more so because they mm-hmm. want to see other players get those minutes so like is poku not playing as much this game more of trying to get basley a little more burn and they thought it was a, a favorable matchup for basley or was it because Poku wasn't playing well, right? Like zero points, two rebounds, zero three from the floor, and only eight minutes. <laughs> like that's yeah, and he had a really a nice block. He had a really nice block on uh, Dwayne Dedman. Like met him at the very top of his dunk of his dunk attempt and blocked it. That was great. I tweeted the Poku Renaissance continues, and then he doesn't play anymore after that. <laughs> like he looked like a fool, Mark Dagnall. Uh, I don't know why he got. I really don't know why he got benched. For that long like i don't know if it's just like a stern like mark's being a dad type of thing like no you're not doing what i told you to do sit down um really weird <laughs> really weird i don't i know that the heat are very physical like their bigs are very physical like bam super physical guy who fouled out tonight at the very end of the game uh Dwayne Dedman, really physical maybe that was the issue and he wasn't like playing tough enough or something i don't know i yeah no, I, I'm with you. And, and also some of this is just like, seems like developmental minutes. Um, they aren't, it, it's not like you can just divide every single player. Uh, that's not Shea, Giddy, Dort with like, you know, 
okay, J-Dub gets 15 minutes and uh, Poku gets 10 and Baisley gets eight and, uh, you know, Wiggins gets six, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. I just, I, I wonder if, if this is just a, a part of kind of that rotation and maybe yeah. we see Baisley start again here on Friday and, um, and then two weeks from now we're seeing Poku get those minutes again and, and maybe Jane get those minutes. So maybe that's it. We'll see on uh, on Friday. Really curious about Friday. We can we can go ahead and start looking ahead to the next game. Our player of the game, of course, was Shea Gildas Alexander. Twenty seven points, eight rebounds, seven assists, ten of twenty from the field. Great game again from our future All Star <laughs> SGA. Um, looking ahead, next game uh, that I will also be covering is Friday against the T Wolves. Hopefully, the curse does not uh, infect that game as well. We'll see. I don't know. Cat is not back. I don't believe. Correct. Uh, yeah, we're gonna as, see. As far as I've seen, he's. We not talked either. about a potential Rudy Gobert revenge game, which is just a hilarious thought to me. Uh, seeing Rudy Gobert try and get revenge <laughs> against COVID. Against COVID, I guess. Um, but this game was the start of a seven-game homestand for the Thunder, which is exciting. Maybe they can. They're eleven and sixteen now after tonight's loss, I believe. So maybe they can get closer to five hundred again. Are there any other thoughts you wanted to air out before we close out the show? Not necessarily as much as I think that final thought you've left us with Silva is something that, you know, Nick, I think did a really good job of talking about on his post game. I hear a couple days ago, like this homestand is, is weirdly, I don't want to say important. It's just really interesting because I think it will kind of help direct the, the future direction of this team. Like we, we've heard for this season, we've heard, Pressy talk about, you know, this team declaring themselves and uh, <laughs> laughing at that comment. Very Mark, good comment. Mark, from dad, no. Mark, dad, no, very good. Very, very good. Um, but you have this homestand, right? Where the Thunder find themselves, like you said, Silva, like close to 500. And they're playing some really good competitive teams through this home stretch. So, yes, they're home for a long time, but they're also playing really good teams. Yeah, they are. So how they come out of this home stretch, uh, like Nick talked about here, last week in one of his post games, I think will tell us a lot about, about the future of the team. Like do um, the thunder just kind of ride this out and we'll hope for some good lottery odds or, you know, we'll see, we'll see. But uh, I think you bring up a good point there. So to the podcast, any other, uh, any other comments? I know we have some good ones in here and I feel bad because I. Yeah. I thank you guys. That very, yeah. A lot of interacting tonight in the comments. Uh, let's, let me see if I missed any, is Isaiah Joe what we thought Ty Jerome was supposed to be, at least mm. as a shooter? Maybe Isaiah Joe's like more, a lot more springy of an athlete, which I feel like is kind of why he's getting so many minutes right now. Agreed. People in Golden State love Ty Jerome, by the way, which is kind of cool. I know he's doing, he, he's had some good yeah. minutes for him. It's pretty fun. Yeah. Um, ba, 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 ba. That's probably it. Uh, there's some anger earlier in the chat from <laughs> the non reviewable call, which I totally understand. Agreed. Oh, uh, yeah, that was yeah, uh, that was from, frustrating. From Eamon Eamon has in a good chat. point. Uh, does the Baisley start mean anything other than filling in for JRE? Did you expect either J. Will or Usman to get called up? Not J. Will. Uh, Us absolutely will, but they. I think they want him to have more on-ball minutes, uh, which is why he's getting that time with the blue. Mm-hmm. Uh, he'll be pulled up. I think we'll see a lot more of him in the latter half of the season. And I... <laughs> I think he'll still do really good. Yeah. Right? That's kind of my point. Like comparing this season to last season, you got guys like Oos running the offense game more time compared to like, you know, uh, 
fill in the blank. Fill in the blank. A player Guys, who's not going to write right. Xavier Simpson or something. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, for our bet, I, I cannot stand Ooh. to see Jay Will be called back up. So let's not. That's let's a good not, point. About, I forgot about that. Uh-oh. I'll talk about that anymore. <laughs> I might be in trouble. Uh, all right. Let's close this thing out. <laughs> uh, Taylor, thanks for joining me tonight. Uh, thank you to everyone in our chat, listening in, asking us questions live. Thanks, everybody, for listening afterwards. We will see you all on Friday for another post game for me. Silver, the Silver Curse continues. Uh, of course, we have our Sunday show after that. Uh, that is all for tonight. Adios, everyone. <laughs>